Hello and welcome to Affable Chat. My name is Benjamin and this is my co-host Joey. Hello, how's it going? And today we're talking about Space Jam, A New Legacy. What did he say, Ron? He thinks Algy is his friend. I don't know what else to do. You gotta win this game and get our son back. Okay. This is an American animated live action family sports comedy reboot. Directed by Malcolm D. Lead, famously the director of Scary Movie 5, mm. Barbershop 3, The mm. Next Cut, and working on his upcoming project hot wheels the movie can't wait for hot wheels uh the next iteration in the fast and furious franchise um, if only i'm pretty sure it's based off of the die cast toys the, dominic toretto gets shrunken down and <laughs> put inside of a tiny toy car okay that i actually would definitely want to see so uh the cast includes what are you doing jr smith meme man cedric joe Fully Robotic War Machine, Michi, Jeff Bergman, and Eric Baza, Tracy from Atlanta, The Walking Dead, Sasha Williams, and Glenn Ree, Julius Campbell, Sue Bird, Anthony Davis, Draymond Green, Damian Lillard, Diana Taurasi, Neka Ogwemike, and Splash Brother Number 2. I watched this movie on HBO mid. Joey, how did you watch it? <laughs> It was max. It was all the way to the max for me. HBO Max. Nice. Uh, it turned which, it all the way up. It, you know, a lot of times when we talk about exclusives like this, it would be the only place to watch it. But you can actually go see this movie in theaters, which I declined to do. Definitely for this don't one. want to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Joey. How about uh, giving us your handwritten original synopsis of Space Jam A New Legacy? Oh, I be my pleasure. Nothing would, would give me more joy than to talk more about this movie. Okay. LeBron James is an NBA superstar who lives a charmed life. However, just like all of us, he is having trouble connecting with his kids, especially his youngest, Dom. LeBron wants his son to play basketball, but Dom wants to build video games. In fact, he has built a AAA polished basketball game in his bedroom. In an attempt to spend quality time with his son, LeBron takes Dom with him to Warner Brothers Studios to discuss a possible movie deal. The presentation is put on by a sentient algorithm who proposes that they scan LeBron and feature his likeness in prominent Warner Brothers properties like Harry Potter and Game of Thrones. LeBron hates the idea and calls the algorithm dumb. The algorithm takes that personally. He subtly directs LeBron and his son into the Warner Brothers server room where they are digitized and sucked into the WB serververse. In the serververse, the algorithm, nicknamed Al-G, reigns supreme. He tells LeBron that LeBron is trapped until he, the algorithm, decides to let him out. But he offers a challenge. Win a game of basketball on Al-G's terms, and LeBron and his son will go free. But lose and stay trapped in the serververse forever. Forever! 
At the same time, Al G takes Dom aside and tells him that his dad doesn't love him and that video <laughs> games are in fact not being coded as evil tools of the villain, but are cool and good. Dom shows Al G the video game he has been working on. LeBron is transported to Toon World, where he is tasked to build the ultimate basketball team. Toon World is deserted except for Bugs Bunny. Everyone else has been scattered across the serververse. LeBron tells Bugs about his predicament, and Bugs, seeing a mutually beneficial opportunity, agrees to help. The duo flies across the serververse looking for teammates. They visit all the prominent Warner Brothers properties, including DC World, Harry Potter World, and um, the Matrix World. <laughs> LeBron wants to recruit big names like the Iron Giant, King Kong, and Superman, but Bugs is recruiting his fellow Toons. This frustrates LeBron, but just at the height of their disagreement, the timer runs out and the game begins. However, Al G has raised the stakes. He is broadcasting the game around the world, and anyone who tunes in is sucked into the serververse too. Now, if LeBron loses, everyone will be trapped under Al G's tyrannical control. Al G also took scans of real basketball players and combined them with animals to create basketball-playing monsters. Together, they form the Goon Squad. The Goon Squad is led by none other than Dom. Dom is unaware of the stakes of the game. He just believes that he needs to prove himself to his father. In the first half, the Toons are getting Tyrannosaurus wrecked by the Goon Squad. Because this is not normal basketball, the Goon Squad scores over a thousand points using power-ups and style points. During halftime, LeBron admits that his my way or the highway mentality was wrong and tells the Toons to be themselves in the second half. The Toons, with renewed determination, pull out all the stops. They loon and tune their way to victory, despite Al G's interventions. Dom sees how much fun they're having and decides to ditch the goon squad to be with his dad. Everyone goes home and LeBron sends Dom to video game camp. The end. The end. There we go. All, uh, all synthesized down for you. I mean, it's really tough to put this one into words. This is quite, quite a story for the second Space Jam. Truly. Let, let's start talking about it with our pros and our cons. Joey, what did you like about Space Jam, A New Legacy? Um, well, picking out you know, specific things that I liked about uh -huh. it. Um, the 2D animation I thought was excellent i thought it was a, a really really cool um i was really fun and exciting the father-son story was touching i think um i think there was moments of that that was well done i liked the part where they visited different worlds and lebron they dressed lebron up in various outfits i thought that was really fun um and yeah that, that was cool what about you what did you like about it i think there's some wholesome messages that this movie pushes it's a little bit kind of uh ham-fisted for the most part but still <laughs> things that i agree with there are some genuinely funny moments that i enjoyed some of the ip crossover is actually well executed and fun there and the inclusion of real life nba and wnba players in the goon squad themselves i thought was a great idea this is different from the first looney tunes where they steal the powers of real nba players but the 
Mon stars don't really act like those real life players. Right. So they're just generically good at basketball. Right. So I thought that was a fun, uh, not necessarily upgrade, but a fun spin on kind of the same idea. And finally, I think this movie does enough to distinguish itself from the original, where it's it's very clearly not trying to be the original. Yeah, um, I agree. Which I think is the way to go. So okay, so those are the pros. Let's look at our cons. Joey, what did you not like? As much uh, as this movie is featuring the Looney Tunes, there's not enough Toon stuff. You know, it takes you a long time to even get to Toon World and start that journey. Um, and every time that they do anything Toony or Looney, I guess you could say, right, um, right. is uh, it's really fun. Um, and I, miss, I wish there was more of that. Um, the 3D animations of the Toons, uh, when, <laughs> I really did not like that. I thought it looked freaky yeah. uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be uncanny and actually when they get turned into uh 3d versions of themselves uh, this is what bugs bunny says oh yeah you looking sharp looney tunes algae this means war <gasps> whatever <laughs> which i agree with like he's pissed that he's 3d animated now they're like yeah same yeah it was freaky every and same thing when they turned don Cheadle into like a 3d animated character oh what the heck was that man that was uncanny valley <laughs> that was, was giant yeah giant robot spider levels of what the hell is happening um lebron's acting there's yeah. one moment in this movie that is he's genuinely good at um, where he's, he's gen- like, I genuinely like, wow, I'm impressed with LeBron at this moment. Every other time it's like, dumb, <laughs> dumb, <laughs> <It's>... but son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's bad. And we'll go over a few specific lines that I think his delivery is partake. It's audibly bad. You'll be oh, able to see how bad at acting he is without even looking at him through the, uh, sound bites. <laughs> <laughs> the story is weirdly self-referential in a, in a bad way, I think, uh, which I will talk about in detail later. Um, it's uninspired, there's uninspired and lazy internet references. Um, and how does anyone in hollywood not know what an algorithm is <laughs> oh yeah there's so much use of tech jargon that's completely meaningless in this movie which is super frustrating to hear uh okay so some of the things i didn't like it's simple bad plot bad acting specifically from lebron james but i, I there wasn't a lot of good acting in this movie bad dialogue and uh, way way too much product placement uh, obscenely yeah. offensive i think it was oh man i i can't remember who it was it might have been the the hard times or i, I don't know it's one of these the onion type reporting uh websites that sure. they said um the skip ad like a uh, pop-up <laughs> was was on this movie for the entire runtime. <laughs> <laughs> that's great <laughs> so that's uh so there you go those are our pros and our cons let's move into our overall section and i'll say i want to start off a little bit positive okay. okay it's impossible to make another space jam without comparing it to the first Space Jam. But I think this one goes out of its way to distinguish itself from the original to be something new, despite still being a current NBA legend playing basketball with the Looney Tunes. The original was mostly about Michael Jordan, and this one is 
much more a father and son story. LeBron had to learn how to let his son be himself, or as they would say in this movie, let him do him. And, uh, <laughs> you know, there's these recurring ideas that family is everything. It's okay to be yourself. Uh, you know, being a dad isn't about being perfect. It's about just being there for your son, um, you know, and but also don't be your son's coach, be his dad. I yeah. agree with all these sentiments for the most part for all its faults. And this movie has many faults. We will get to them <laughs> somewhere in there. I believe that this movie has heart. Yeah. Okay. I, you know, I don't disagree. And when you think about it, like sports movies have a lot of different, um, uh, have a lot of range, you know, they can be about a bunch of different things. They don't, they're sports. is just kind of the useful, um, set piece or like plot motivator you're like we got to win the big game and you set it up to make the sure that that game matters which is like every sports story even if it's real or uh, fake you know right. so adding being like okay sports but with looney tunes i feel like there's a lot of stuff they could do and this is one of them i think yeah, this definitely is one of them <laughs> so, so uh, <laughs> i think you're right i think it's i think it's commendable that they tried not to retread over the last what the last one was and try to be their own thing um because I think there's a lot of space that could have gone. And I think uh, they did do that. So Right. And, and th like speaking of the first movie, I, I felt like they did a good, like honestly, pretty good job of addressing the first movie. Because you don't want the whole movie to be referencing the first. I mean, like, oh, yeah, this happened before, this happened before. But you also can't not bring up the fact that they've done this before. Yeah. So yeah. There, when lebron is in looney tunes world and he's talking to bugs about assembling a team bugs breaks the fourth wall um and kind of uh, says what we're all thinking well bugs bunny i need to assemble an elite team of a plus ball players to help crush this algae guy and i need to do it before that game clock runs down Hold up, Doc. So, you want me, a talking cartoon bunny, to play with you, an NBA superstar, in a high-stakes basketball game? Sounds awfully familiar. Who are you talking to? But yeah, that actually sums it up well. There you go. He, he breaks the fourth wall and lets us know. Also, later on, Lola Bunny, while she's in the middle of doing the trials to become a Amazonian, she, yeah. you know, Bugs trying to convince her to join them. When else are you going to be able to play with an NBA superstar? She's like, been there, done that. So I felt like that was the right level of bringing up that this has happened before, but also not lingering on it. Yeah. The tunes always do a good job of that, you know, breaking the fourth wall stuff there. It's all about like Looney Tunes is always about just being unexpected, you know, and moving in that direction is great and they do a good job of that so i agree i think they did a great job with uh, how they handled that and made it like i've heard so i've heard the term soft reboot before um which is like it's technically a sequel but technically the same movie again but um on wikipedia they call it a standalone sequel which i feel like is probably more um apt for this where it's like you don't actually have to watch the first one to understand anything that's happening in this right it's it's a but it is but canonically technically happening <laughs> after right. right exactly right um so this movie is bad but it's still interesting the story is really lame and if you think about it for more than a couple of seconds it makes almost no sense here it is here it is <laughs> distilled easily lebron doesn't even hate his kid he is <laughs> this is my criticism lebron doesn't hate his kid enough okay 
<laughs> he is consistently a good father. He's just a little obsessed with basketball, but he's easily corrected. LeBron's emotional arc is literally resolved in the first five minutes of the movie. He pushes his kid too hard, and his wife says, you know, there's more to life than basketball. And LeBron's like, yeah, you're right. I need to be taking interest in what my kid likes. And then he does. The end. <laughs> But then what what does what does Al G want? I think he wants to escape the serververse and be unleashed onto the internet. But how does bringing LeBron into the serververse do that? Likewise, how does downloading millions of people into the server do that? <laughs> Wait, so when does he say that he's gonna like he needs to get onto the internet? He doesn't say he has to get the internet. I just rewatched that part, uh, uh-huh. and he doesn't say he wants to be on the internet. But that's what I'm assuming. He's like, okay. I'm trapped inside the serververse, like. Like there's more to life than Got being a serververse, I guess, which I would mean being on the internet, I think. But right, and I think to re- really understand his motivations, there is some assuming required. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, he does say, so he says, no one recognizes me too. So I think there's like something about, like, does Al G want to be famous, right? And he wants to use LeBron as a launching pad for his own, what, his career? Why does an algorithm want a career? is a lifetime of hard work of value that Warner Brothers programmed into his idea generator? Like, what exactly is the end goal? He's like, oh, I want to have, I want to be well known. It's like, okay, I guess that, I guess that's a motivation, but like, how does he get there by kidnapping LeBron, I guess? Oh yeah, no, that's such a great question. Uh, That's exactly what I thought too, because he wants to be famous, which is common for humans, but maybe not, artificial intelligence why he never really states why that would be good for him if he was truly artificial intelligence he'd be more interested in figuring out why his creator endowed him with a drive to become famous i think he could <laughs> easily turn this into a way more compelling plot line sure. where this algorithm is meant to bring warner brothers into the future into a new era of entertainment but and they do it by trying to motivate him to be famous and he looks at lebron another famous person and he becomes cynical about the idea of being famous and he decides to rebel against it my creator wants to force me to be like to be become famous well i'll rebel against them and take warner brothers down from within and he mm. decides he wants to try to destroy the server verse which would be proper motivation for the looney tunes and all the other ip to get together to save their own existence right. by trying to stop him from oh, destroying man. them for like being anti i don't know i just thought of this when i was like trying to figure that, out I his like motivation that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it makes a lot of sense i think there's a lot of ways you could go the way that they take it doesn't make any sense does like does he want to be king right he want, does he want to have power over people? Is that why he wants to, like, get out and, like, uh, be famous? Like, I want to, like, I want to have what LeBron has, where, like, I'm, like, you know, I have all this control and all this influence over people or something. Like, I well, guess he wants to have sense. the respect that he, quote-unquote, so richly deserves. Right, right. But w- why? Who, who, first off, what has he done that, is, that deserves respect? Sure. And, and second off, what then? Yeah, why does he want that? Is what what feeling does that give him? Why is that that something that he wants? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't really get it. Yeah, and I also like how he's not an artificial intelligence. Canonically, he's an algorithm. Right. <laughs> like he's Do you want to talk about algorithms? <laughs> well, yeah, sure. <laughs> so I, I this is the third movie that we've watched where somebody references algorithm, like the term algorithm. Yeah. And. This is the third movie in which I'm almost certain they don't know what an algorithm is. The other two, I think the first one was Tenet, and I think the second one was uh, Justice League, I think. Okay. Uh, and, then, and then this one, again, he's like, uh, he's an artificial intelligence, right? Which, you know, I, uh, I know what that is. 
I think a lot of people can understand what that is. It's a, it's a thing that can think on its own, you know? Right. But, like, what is an algorithm? I actually looked up the definition of algorithm. So, an algorithm, according to whatever, uh, Oxford Languages on Google, uh, is a process or set of rules to be followed in calculations or other problem-solving operations, especially by a computer. Um, another definition I have here is, in mathematics and computer science, an algorithm is a finite sequence of well-defined computer-implementable instructions, typically to solve a class of specific problems or to perform a computation. Now, you know, you're closer to this than I am, but from what I understand an algorithm is, it's basically a complicated equation. You know, you put in uh, A and B, and it, and it gets you in A plus B equals C. You know, so the yeah. algorithm is the equation, and you say you supply the inputs. Uh, you know, right? Uh, algorithm is used like you know colloquially to describe like how YouTube works and TikTok works, but it's like it's the same kind of idea. It's like you put in hundreds of hours of you watching teenagers dance, um, and then you know you also put in uh, I don't know like uh, swiping or or whatever, liking that stuff. You know, and the, and that's the feedback, and those are the the uh what's it the um variables that define the output which is a different uh you know which is you know uh what's it uh radicalization you know going down the rabbit hole <laughs> right. into pizza gate well, um, that, youtube's <laughs> algorithm's broken because that's the output no matter what you put in yeah, right. but in general yeah i think that instagram tiktok uh twitter all those things that's like a very graspable example for the common internet user to be like okay based on the things that i do the inputs this algorithm takes that information crunches it up combines it with other information it has and spits out you know the the things I end up seeing on right. my actual feed. One of the, one of the things that you'll see in the definitions is that it's very obvious what it's going to do. Essentially, like you know, it's designed for a specific purpose, and maybe the the results will be surprising to you because you aren't doing the calculation. But like, it's it's very rigid. It's not like you can just put anything in and something will come out. You know, it has to be defined. Um, I guess the the idea behind Al G in this movie is that like. You put in all the different Warner Brothers IPs and then you say, come up with a new idea, right? Which isn't really what an algorithm does. All it does is say, oh, uh, you have 30 movies that have flying monkeys in them. You know, like that's, that's the, uh, what the algorithm shows you. Like, right. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know, lots of people like flying monkeys. You know, those are the movies that we were put in the box office numbers. Those are the movies that do the best. So put flying <laughs> monkeys in your movies. That's what an algorithm could tell you. It's, it can't tell you what the next great thing is. It That's, certainly wouldn't animate a like uh, a yeah, bunch a of different sequences. Yeah, a presentation with LeBron James in them. Right. Anyway, I mean, an artificial intelligence probably would use algorithms to make its decisions, but it, an algorithm itself is not something smart. You know, it doesn't make decisions necessarily. Right, but then you wouldn't have the really clever villain name of Al G Rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Which, which and, a name like Al G Rhythm would definitely be another situation where you could you could steal uh machine heads auto tune thing because sure. where is the rhythm for this guy? Not, there is nowhere. no rhythm. It's so yeah, I mean I just said it was an like an awesome name, but it's actually really lazy and, and <laughs> annoying that his name is Algae Rhythm. Right. Uh whatever. But but I will but. say Don Cheadle was really good as Algae Rhythm. And and maybe really good is putting it strongly. <laughs> but 
I was surprised to see that he was the villain for this movie. And then after actually watching it, it's amazing what happens when you see a real actor work with an amateur actor. It's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> it really makes you appreciate how good of an actor the real actor is. In this case, Don Cheadle. Yeah. Uh, like, even though I don't think Algae Rhythm is very compelling at all, Don Cheadle is fun to watch in that role. And um, I also think that his, like, helper guy, Pete... Pete. Yeah, which to me was almost like the like Warner Brothers version of Clicky. Uh, the uh, the like it looks like you're trying to make a uh, reboot standalone sequel. Would you like help with that? <laughs> but honestly, uh, I think that he's more of like a just cute character that they can make plushies out of and sell. Yeah, he's not even that cute though. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. He had the kind of the the little animated eyes, and I don't know. He just felt like he was shoehorned in. I, I didn't feel like we needed him. Yeah, well, he's added to post-production completely, so whatever. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that way, so we don't have another... He, well, He, you, he looked yeah. like a tennis ball when, when Tom Cheadle was on stage. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, anyways, I just want to say I did like Don Cheadle in this role. He was, not only, like, he was literally acting circles around LeBron. Like, he was... <laughs> when they first meet each other, Al G. Rhythm walks in a circle around LeBron, and it's, ne- it's never been more obvious how bad LeBron is at acting. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so moving on to the other parts of the plot. Um, there's Dom, right? Dom is uh, LeBron's son. He's not evil. He's not even really vindictive. The whole story revolves around him never finding out that by winning, he traps himself, his entire family, and millions of others inside of a computer in Warner Brothers' basement. Beyond that extremely shaky premise, what exactly is the metaphor here? That by going against your dad, you could ruin your life. I don't really get what he's supposed to represent. Like, is he a, is he in the goon squad? What happens if LeBron pushes his son away? That he like gets you know kind of caught up in these unsavory characters. Um, uh, if Dom gets gets his influence from somewhere else, this is how he'll turn out. I don't really buy that because Dom isn't really different at all after spending time with Al G. He's just more powerful and has a little more confidence. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that? No, I, I totally agree. It's not really clear. It's kind of cool that you have Dom against LeBron at the end, but the way sure. that we get there doesn't really make that much sense. Yeah, and like it's yeah, they're literally they're literally one conversation away from having this whole thing be resolved, you know. And <laughs> and Dom's just like, no, I want to play basketball because you got you always say I want to play basketball, not realizing that like the fate of millions of people is in his hands right now. You know what I mean? It's it, I don't know. It's just so dumb, like to even have that like set up. Uh, at least if you were going to do this right, make it turn out, make it something good for Dom. Like Dom wants to win. Because, because it would mean everyone plays his new game and it's right. like he'll become an instant success in video yeah, game yeah, yeah. development. It, or I like, can make you a star, Dom. Exactly. Like, uh, allergies, like, I will turn over my powers over to you and you can have control over the server verse. Anything you can imagine will come true, you know? Like, and don't your you father have- will never, like, he'll stop being a star. Like, all of his followers That's will become right. yours. That's right. Something like that, you know, and like you give him like, you know, the, the temptations or something. And Dom's like, yeah, that sounds great. And then he sees like, oh, what's the repercussions of that? Oh, like, you know, my father actually does love me. And maybe like what I want isn't really that incompatible with what he wants. And we can both have it if I just give up on this stupid thing that this guy's trying to manipulate me for, you know, but that's not what happens. It's just like, let's lie to Dom for as long as possible. 
until he's like, you know, those other teams are actually having more fun than I would. So <laughs> I'm going to go over there. So I don't even know. That rapping pig really spoke to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, <laughs> I mean, I say that, but I actually did really like that sequence. I thought sure. that was like having LeBron. Like, I guess just a quick aside, the the sequence that occurs directly after halftime was one of my favorite of the entire movie. It, oh, yeah. that's where the Looney Tunes felt the most loony, and LeBron. I think LeBron is good at acting like a silly guy and yeah. he was he was good in that sequence like the part where they walk out and the the goon squad can't figure out why they're being so confident and having like seemingly like in good spirits and the commentators can't figure it out either and LeBron does like his like meme face and all the other <laughs> looney tunes make silly faces around him too that was so great and yeah. I wanted more of that in this in no, this whole he, movie No he definitely like lets himself look silly you know they dress him up in funny outfits um, you know, they, they talk about how he's changed teams a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. Uh, like they even like say like, oh, he's the greatest of all time. I don't know about that. You know, right, like, the jury's still out on that. Right, one. right. It's like, there's a bunch of little like jabs at LeBron, which I feel like are in good fun. And he's definitely there like playing along and, you know, willing to kind of like do the thing, you know, and, and be in the movie and, and like, uh, you know, not be like too, so full of himself that he's not able to joke about it, you know, right, which right. I think is a, a testament to him. I think that he he really like not necessarily put the work in but like what came with a good attitude and like uh was a good sport about everything which i think it goes a long way um but it's not enough to save this movie <laughs> right oh, it's definitely not and there's not enough of it there's plenty right. of serious quote-unquote serious acting that he stumbles and falls through that just it makes it hard to watch yeah 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 whatever i mean i guess the point of movies isn't tell isn't to tell new and interesting stories no, that's right. not right that's not right <laughs> i don't know what i'm saying yeah <laughs> it's um it is tough and i think that kind of leads us into the dialogue because overall not just from lebron i felt like this the dialogue in this movie was pretty cringe uh and uh, most of the time it wasn't even haha -ha level cringe it was just poorly acted but it like basically what that does is it makes it feel like you never stop watching a movie this movie yeah. fails to pull you in and immerse you the whole time you're like i'm watching the space jam reboot right now and not <laughs> i can't believe i'm watching the space jam reboot right now wow i can't believe they just did that the space jam reboot right now exactly i literally I mean... said that out loud a couple times <laughs> Like, that's exactly how I felt. But I, I do think there were a couple times where it was ha ha funny. Uh, so I wanted to point out a couple of those. So we'll start with this one. Hey, I think I got something that'll cheer you up. Oh, I'm meeting that Warner Brothers about some high tech movie thing. You should come. Cool. Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> as much as i'm enjoying this line i don't think it's the way they intended for us to in, in, in enjoy it because <laughs> that quote where he's like i'm meeting with warner brothers about some high-tech movie thing you should come cool. cool that sounded like he was on the phone like you're on the phone with cousin lebron in gta 4 <laughs> and he's inviting you to start the next mission you know <laughs> come on cousin let's go bowling exactly <laughs> Yeah, oh, man. It, I, I think just hearing him the way he said, like, high tech movie thing, you know, it's like him reading it off a piece of paper and no, trying no, no, to. No. It's so funny that you say both those things. Let's play the next one, too. All this computer stuff is your thing, not mine. Tom? Duh? 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. But okay. Both of these lines, you don't actually see LeBron say, right? <laughs> this is very important, right? And 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 if you pay attention, like you'll you start to see this, especially if you watch a lot of movies or TV shows. There's a lot of there's a lot of dialogue that is ADR, like put in after the fact. And mm-hmm. both of these lines are perfect examples of that. You don't. The first one, you see, you start saying it. And you can't see his mouth move because you see it from the back, from his back. Then it immediately goes on a close-up of his son. And it's finally when he goes like, oh, did your dad just come up with a cool idea? That's when he starts talking again. And you can actually hear a subtle difference in the audio uh, between the ADR line and this one. Because one is done in a studio or maybe even over the phone over a Zoom call. And the other <laughs> one was actually done on set. Um, and the same thing with this other one. All, all this computer stuff is your thing, not mine. You don't see him say that. He, you hear, see him say, Stop. But he don't see him say, all this computer stuff is your thing, not mine. He's just enunciating it and he's in, he's just enunciating it in such a way that he is um that it's it's clear that he's like rehearsed it, said it over and over again, and now he's got the the uh cadence down perfectly. Right. But it doesn't fit into the movie at all. <laughs> It's so great, especially because this line is so on the nose. It's so reinforcing, like the, the theme, plot. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's again, it feels like a video game where like you're playing as Dom and you're walking through the serververse, and you spend too much time so that the characters around you run out of organic dialogue and start to repeat themselves. It's like this is a line you'd hear LeBron say twice, like all this computer stuff is your thing, not mine. (laughs) It is what he would say, I guess. NPC LeBron over here. NPC LeBron. (laughs) So I don't know. There's, we could go all day with these, these quotes, but those two really like got me laughing for all the wrong reasons. Oh yeah. Okay. This movie is very self-referential, which I find incredibly lazy. Meta humor can take you a long way, but if your only commentary is look at the thing we're doing right now, then that just tells me you don't even believe in the thing you are currently writing. You, the writer, are unable to immerse yourself in your own story enough to write jokes within that story. Anyway, that's sort of a broad statement. I think self-referential humor can be really surprising and engaging, but it can also be as easy as a fart joke. My favorite part of this movie is by far the most baffling and unself-aware scene in the movie. It's maybe I was like laying down on my couch with my laptop on my lap. And then when this, this scene came up, I'm like, I sat straight up and was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, so LeBron and his son are at the Warner Brothers offices and they are receiving a presentation from Al G, the algorithm. The proposal is this. Let's scan LeBron and insert him into our favorite properties. These properties have literally nothing to do with LeBron James or even basketball in general. It's almost as if they wrote a script and then they needed famous basketball man to show up and say his lines. Like they, some sort of turnkey movie producing machine. Space Jam, the franchise, has actually had a bunch of, inter, uh, a bunch of uh, iterations of a sequel. Uh, they have been talked about making a follow-up for this movie for literally 25 years at this point. The thing that they have been missing is someone who can fill the lead role. It's almost as if they had written a script, uh, script after script, and then they just needed famous sportsman to show up and say his lines. <laughs> Algie's proposal, the very one that LeBron James in the movie says is stupid, is this movie. <laughs> they literally scan LeBron and put him into one of their franchises. 
In fact, they actually put him in a bunch of franchises in one of the more fun elements of the movie. What's the joke here exactly? That this movie is a bad idea? Why did you make it then? Is it that Warner Brothers executives are pushovers and don't even stand up for their own ideas? Or is it that Warner Brothers would never hand over creative control to an algorithm because it would just create dull crap? Then what is this movie? <laughs> What is Space Jam a new legacy? It seems like it's created by an algorithm. Put in the original Space Jam. Mix in some old uh, Warner Brothers properties. A pinch of stale, lazy father-son storyline on the back shelf somewhere. And then calculate who the best sports star in the world is right now. And boom, done and dusted. <laughs> or maybe it was created by a human. In which case... I have nothing to say, but I concede to our inevitable robot overlords. We clearly cannot be trusted with the tools we currently have if we are creating stuff like this. Oh, that's harsh. <laughs> um, I think this is a good time to address, uh, for, like fully address, the constant use of Warner Brothers IP. Yeah. Because crossovers aren't necessarily a bad thing, but the use of all those different intellectual properties was exhausting to me because at first it's cool to try to catch which worlds LeBron is flying past after yeah. being dropped into the server verse, uh, you know, cause they're only quick and you hear a little bit of noise. You hear maybe a catchphrase and you're like, Oh my gosh, what was that? Was that the wizard of Oz? Like, you know, and, and, but then we end up with a literal crowd made up of Warner Brothers characters. And at that point, I gave up trying to pick out anyone that I knew. First off, because like some of these characters are so ubiquitous that it's not really a thrill to see them anywhere. But also because there are so many in every shot, I'd have to abandon the actual movie if I was going to tr like try to pick out all the ones that I recognized. Not to mention that the live-action Warner Brothers IPs were all played by not like other actors that didn't play them in the actual IP. So yeah. it just felt kind of weird. I, I didn't really care to see the non- Danny DeVito penguin you know like I was uh I, it was just it was it felt like the cheapest version of uh, combining these IPs throughout yeah definitely no I think that's like that's really fair and I there was a bunch of stuff on uh, reviews um that talked about how egregious this was because it's just there's it constantly diluted like uh, you know it's a deluge of um Warner's Brothers properties. Like, hey, look, did you know that we own Casablanca? Hey, did you know that we own The Matrix? It's like, okay, I guess that's a thing. But, like, but what, what exactly are they trying to do? They're trying to establish a server verse? They're trying to establish like a cinematic universe where all of these movies are connected or something? But I, I, don't, I don't really think so. I think this movie is trying to be like, it's the real world, right? So the Warner Brothers is a real thing and it has all these properties in it. So these are characters from movies. They're not real things you know mm, yeah but definitely I, I again it's like you said like it, it they do they do a, a good job with some of them but then at the end when they just have you know a crowd full of people it's like okay like, what is this ready player one like all right. these it's just like oh we have a reference uh do you want another reference we got one of those i guess but it's not even a reference it's just like that character it's not to say that it can't be done well, even in this movie. I actually was blown away by the Mad Max. Uh, oh man, that reference. was really cool. That one and this, and when uh, LeBron shows up with the uh, mohawk, 
in the matrix yes i was like yes that's so cool <laughs> okay that was the other example i was gonna say was having granny be the chosen one in the matrix that's fun and interesting and more than just saying hey look we own this ip that was a reward for having seen the matrix that yep. when granny scored they're like she really is the chosen one and having and which is still very easy and low effort to do that was a step above everything else where they were like have you remember that we own batman and also superman and also aquaman and also everyone else right, right but like that's the thing it's like normally when you have something like this like the lego movie does such a good job of this where they they bring in all these different ips because they lego has their fingers in all these different areas right and they're like oh and then everybody from those places has a tiny moment to be like hey like i'm from this franchise whatever and it's always so funny in this though it's like Oh, uh, Warner Brothers owns like most of the things. <laughs> like it's like, <laughs> are we just reminding everyone that like Warner Brothers is a conglomerate and like has no soul? Like, are we just saying like, oh, <laughs> like are they just trying to flex on Disney and be like, look at all these things we own? Because they don't even flex on Disney. Disney still owns most everything, but they they still like. Like, oh, look at us! We're a giant company and we own all of these things. Isn't that cool? It's like. I don't know if where you've been recently, but like, I don't think people are really on board for like the idea that like you own most of like the media that they consume, you know, right, like that that's right. all going to the same place for them to make more movies like this. You know, uh, I, it's just when you, when you start to think about it too much, it's, it stops being fun or like even just dumb. It starts kind of being a little sinister. You're just like, Oh wow! Like I guess they do own all this stuff. I wonder what they're gonna do with all of that. Like they can just throw Batman into a Space Jam movie. What else are they gonna throw Batman into? Right, exactly. <laughs> and um, it, yeah, there's so much more opportunity for like what they could use these for. Because again, like having LeBron, LeBron be revealed to be a Hufflepuff, who cares? I'm sorry. Yeah. Like that's even maybe 10 years ago that would have been <laughs> breaking news but it's it just comes across as incredibly lazy and in a movie that also has uh, like other products placed in it like i noticed that in the rap scene they're all wearing beats like merchandise yeah it's exhausting and, and it's honestly offensive it's it's <laughs> something that i can't believe they would think that i would sit down to watch something like this which i guess they were right i did <laughs> but it still it was insulting you know, it kind of blows your mind in a way you know it, it blows your mind how just like kind of out of touch it the whole thing is um while, while trying to say look like we're a fun movie you know we're, we're, we're doing the we're doing the fun things we can poke fun of ourselves you know uh, but it, it just doesn't um doesn't really deliver on that right one last thing i want to comment on and this is i, I think we did a good job or, or they did a good job of splitting this up from the original so we don't have to spend too much time picking apart the differences but one residual feature that kind of made its way from the first movie to the second one was having a comedian or you know a funny actor play the NBA superstars handler or like person who's responsible for keeping track of them who spends the entire movie panicking when they can't find them because they're in Looney Tunes world yeah. and the uh the guy who plays uh Tracy from Atlanta Chris Davis is actually hilarious if if you watch Atlanta his character is 
like <laughs> he's out of control. And this was an opportunity for him to play something similar, kind of incompetent, maybe too into having fun and, and not doing his job or whatever. But it, it, it he barely even gets introduced. His like I was wondering who is this guy when they were in the conference room seeing the presentation from Al G. I was, yeah. I was like, did I miss it? And I did, but at the same time, I couldn't blame myself for having missed it because he was the kid who hands LeBron James the game, the Game Boy Color. Oh, he's the same guy. He's the same. Yeah, it, Malik okay. is his childhood friend. And then during the LeBron James opening cinematic the sequence that shows basically the reason lebron james is a legend kind of summarizing his entire nba career there's a part where they show a fake newspaper article that says lebron james makes his best friend his manager and it's Uh. like the two of them and it's 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 the it's chris davis who's who's in the picture with him but Unless you are familiar with LeBron James already and know his story and also know that Chris Davis is an actor, not someone who would be managing LeBron, it's next to everything else that is factual and real. Right. So it's not, it doesn't do a good job of introducing the adult character. Not to mention that when he's, when they even mention that he's going to be at that meeting with Al G, they say, Uncle Malik is going to be there. They don't even say, like, here's Uncle Malik. They just mention that he will be there in the next scene. So that was really fumbled. And then throughout the entire movie, he doesn't get enough time to be an entire character. And Wayne Knight, if you compare it to Wayne Knight in the original Space Jam, he's one of the best parts of that movie. Watching him be a bumbling oaf and panic and dig a gigantic (laughs) hole in the golf uh, course trying to get to Michael Jordan... It, it, it's one of my, I mean, personally, one of my favorite aspects of that movie. Um, and I just feel like this completely fell short where they almost shouldn't have even tried to emulate it. Yeah, no, they, they should have given him more stuff to react to. Because once they disappear, once the family disappears, right, um, he, uh, he just kind of freaks out in the server room. And there is that, that moment where he's talking to the security guard. Um, and then he's like lying to LeBron's wife about where LeBron is, which is kind of fun. Um, but there could she been... instantly finds him out. She yeah. literally pulls up. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's like, oh, yeah. So I don't know. There could you're right. There could have been a lot more for him uh, to do, I think. Yeah, which is a missed opportunity because, again, like I said, Wayne Knight was such a great part of the first movie. But anyways, let's move on to our cool Easter eggs. What do you got, Joey? Well, I know you don't want to mention every uh, IP you saw in this movie, but I will. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not going to mention all of them, but I'll mention a bunch of them. Get you, get you an idea of what's going on in this movie. So first of all, animated DC is in this. There's a, like a, uh, a DC world, including uh, Wonder Woman's Island, the Mascara, uh, which is where Lola Bunny is doing her trials. Uh, the Matrix, Mad Max, Casablanca, Rick and Morty should make a, a cameo, uh, Game of Thrones, Wizard of Oz, Iron Giant, King Kong, Agent Smith from The Matrix, um, the Nerdlocks or the Monstars from the first movie do appear briefly, um, Mr. Freeze, Fly, The Flying Monkeys, The Mask, Pennywise, the Droogs from A Clockwork Orange, which was kind of a controversial choice, actually. Yeah, um, come on. <laughs> the Scooby-Doo cast, Gandalf, I think, is in there. Uh, the Great Gazoo from the Flintstones, uh, Rosie the Robot from the Jensen's, and Bill Murray is in this movie in the credits. He's uh, photoshopped in with a picture with Bugs Bunny playing golf. Um, so there you well, go. Well, okay. Quick comments on some of those. Rick and Morty showing up and not doing something to make this movie become rated R. Totally out of out of character and True. Uh, felt really cheap. 
I don't know. What do yeah. you think of Rick and Morty? I thought it was fine. I mean, like the the it's like in between, you know, like two seconds before Rick is tearing Morty apart, you know, like tearing him down as a as a person, and then later Morty is trying to have sex with something, you know, right, right. that he's not supposed to have sex with, but like. In those like one thirty seconds or something, they're not cursing and making crazy like uh, sure, sure. you know jokes. That they can return uh, the Tasmanian Devil. Uh, so you know, I'll I'll allow it. I guess is what I'm saying. But, okay, fair enough. But I uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I could. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I, thought, yeah, I was like, uh, you know, <laughs> okay. I was I was upset because I like Rick and Morty and I'm not one of these gatekeeping Rick and Morty fans that says it's too intellectual for the average viewer. I think a lot of people like Rick and Morty, but it it actually it sucked to see their IP cheapened by by being included in this uh in this movie. Well, so is so much else, you know. Whatever. Yeah, but I don't care know? as much about the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um but also um Bill Murray is in the credits. Where is he? He's is he- so at the end I actually, so I saw this in Wikipedia, and then I actually went back and checked. So at the end, the credits are scrolling, and there's a bunch of pictures right. of different tunes doing things with various actors and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there's some like I think because they're like in LA now, they're all hanging out in the real world. Right, right, right. It's L- the reverse, it's, which is fun. Yeah, uh, I think Lola, Lola, Lola Bunny is doing yoga on the beach or something like that. And there's one of uh, Bugs uh, on the golf course with Bill Murray. Nice, um, and they're you know, walking together or something. So. That's yeah. tasteful. Yeah. Um, so they, I saw this on the, online. I don't know anything about basketball, so maybe this is wrong. But basketball players that are featured in this movie, there are there is a scene where they scan, where Dom is scanning the actual basketball players, and he meets them in real life. So Sue Bird, Draymond Green, and Aja Wilson are all all cameo in this. So, so you're saying that Aja Wilson's not in this? Well, actually, the thing is, she's also credited. Okay. Um, I mean, and, and those characters you, or those players you mentioned are in this movie alongside Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, um, and other basketball players with harder yeah. to pronounce names. But uh, <laughs> Asia Wilson was apparently supposed to be in that scene where they scan the players in, uh-huh. maybe not to become a monster, but just to add a scene. I went on the Gamecock subreddit, which was the only thing I could find on the internet that had anything about this. And the theory currently, well, first off, none of the other Gamecocks could find her in the movie. And mm. the theory is that her scene, it was Got left cut. on the cutting room floor. Gotcha. Unfortunately. But she still is credited. And she's a, she's a Gamecock basketball legend. And I, I, she's just really good. She's a young, good player in the WNBA right now as the WNBA enters, you know, I guess it's most relevant era. It continues to be more and more relevant. Uh, so she is, and she's one of the most prominent players. There's so. a statue of her that was just built a few years ago outside of the, uh, the, the whatever it's called, not the Coliseum, but the, uh, the stadium that they play in. Yeah, yeah, the um, arena that the Gamecocks play basketball in. Right? It's pretty cool. I've seen it. It's it's a cool statue. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's that's good. That's cool for us as our uh, yeah <laughs> alma mater is at least credited as a player from our alma mater is at least credited in this film. Whatever. <laughs> that, <laughs> I know it's not as good it, as her actually being in it. Yeah, I would have loved cool. for her to be on the Goon Squad. I that know would that be awesome. These, 
Yeah, I don't know how she didn't end up. She's she's so good. But anyways, um, did you have any more comments on the IPs? Um, not, no, I don't. So you can go ahead. Okay, so uh, moving on with more cool Easter eggs. Bugs Bunny as Batman. There's not a lot of time that he spends as Batman, but in emulating Batman, he does use a grappling hook that's made out of a carrot. Yes. And it's kind of one of my running gags here on the podcast is to bring up every time Batman uses a grappling hook because it's he's otherwise just a normal human who has a lot of money, but his one supernatural ability is being uh, like supernatural. 100% good. accurate with the uh, grappling hooks. Grappling yeah. hooks, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was, you know, great, great uh, emulation of that's the character right. by Bugs Perfect. Bunny here. Uh, and also another one, my one of my coworkers actually pointed this out to me, uh, and it was for him. It was like a, a very, uh, uh, I don't know, <laughs> something in the movie that stuck with him. <laughs> and it's when LeBron is flying, like he gets dropped into the the serververse, and he goes past all the planets. Eventually, he lands on the Looney Tunes planet, and his imprint in the Earth is in the shape of a Nike check. Okay, which is so blatant it's so yeah. unnecessary i made me think like wait is lebron like i hope lebron and nike's uh relationship lasts like the legacy of this movie you know because sometimes like they have falling outs you know right so. right and they switch yeah so that one was pretty pretty i like the part where he when he falls and like everything shakes and then there's like a big dust cloud and it's in the shape of a basketball hoop and the basketball yes. goes through it that was cool that, as soon as that happened i was like oh man i'm on board for this 2d animation stuff was, and i i, I want to echo your praise of the 2d animation because that was great it two things with that first off it was classic looney Tunes stuff like through and through and it was well animated but also it gave us a break from acting lebron and yeah, yeah, yeah. gave us voice acting lebron which i think was slightly better so that was all right good. that's an easy way to do this you know it's just like you put lebron it scan down lebron and then you can make him look how and express however you want you just got to get him to say his lines so right <laughs> and if you're gonna make this movie 30 minutes longer than its predecessor that i guess that warrants giving lebron a kind of a break and, and letting him not be in it the entire time sure but speaking of the animation there's a brief portion where bugs bunny turns into big chungus <laughs> <laughs> which with how aware of the internet this movie is has to have been on purpose i don't know man <laughs> maybe <laughs> okay so um at one point algae so algae is the coach of the goon squad at one point he puts on a big blue hoodie uh, and has like a like a headset and I'm like, that's got to be a reference to something. I think it's a reference to uh, Coach John Tortella. Tortella? Tortorella? Jo Coach John Tortorella? Is that even how you say it? I don't know. Okay. Anyway, he's a coach, I think. He wears a big hoodie. I was hoping you would know what this was. I don't know who that is. He's an ice hockey coach. That's why you don't know. Coach the Columbus Boot Blue Jackets. Okay, cool. I think. Anyway. I was just a reference that they made in the movie. <laughs> nice catch. Okay. Um, and, and I have one more, or I have a few more, but uh, this is uh, the Michael B. Jordan uh, cameo. So they make this joke that they found Michael Jordan in the stands, and they're going to bring <laughs> him in to help. And then they play this sequence, which I feel like is, is pretty good. At guard, 6'6 from North Carolina. Mm -hmm. 
Come on, man. That's Michael B. Jordan, the actor. I was just getting some popcorn, and then this cat grabbed me. We couldn't get Michael A. Jordan until we got Michael B. Jordan? How could you think he was his anus? They look nothing alike. It's been 25 years. I thought he aged gracefully. This is awkward. Um, but I believe in you guys, okay? Clear eyes, full hearts can't lose. You hear me? Clear eyes, full hearts can't lose. Say it with me. Yeah, y'all got this. I'm, I'm too much. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm going I'm to go back to my seat. You came back 3-1. Well, you killed this. You can do it again. Right. So, uh, this is, I like this part. I, I, was, I was excited when Michael B. Jordan showed up. And they, they were like, ah, oh, man, that's, that's a great idea. Just to have the guy with the same name uh, show up and just, like, you know, be charming. Because he is very charming. I just rewatched Black Panther recently. So, I'm a... Killmonger. You know, oh, he's yeah. He's awesome. Um, no, he is. And for me, that this basically puts the Michael Jordan, Michael B. Jordan jokes to rest. Like, they yeah. did it. They, they completed that. No more Michael Jordan, Michael B. Jordan <laughs> jokes need to happen anymore. They've done it. Good luck with that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I thought it was good. But there's something that I didn't catch, which is what he said. He says, clear eyes, fool hearts can't lose, which is actually a Friday Night Lights reference, which he was in that show for the last two seasons, apparently. Um, so that's, that's a, uh, I guess, a common refrain there. So he says that to, to motivate them, um, which, you know, kind of cool. Kind of cool. Yeah. Anyway. Um, one other thing that I thought was kind of funny. So Dom at the very beginning of the movie, he's playing video games and he's playing, uh, on this console that I've never seen before. It's, it's called the fly digi Wii. It's, it's $39. Uh, I don't know what it does or anything. There's, I don't know if any games can play on it, but it's, uh, it looks kind of like a switch or, you know, a PSP or something, but it's some other obscure tiny console that they i guess they couldn't get any rights from nintendo to, to put their stuff in the movie so they got something else instead so okay i didn't know it was real <laughs> it was real okay uh i want to talk a little bit about the production of this movie because i think it's really interesting there were talks of a sequel almost immediately after the release of the original space jam in 1996 the plan was to have another group of aliens arrive on earth and challenge michael jordan to play basketball again the alien was supposed to be voiced by Mel Brooks and drawn by Bob Camp, who drew for Ren and Stimpy. Um, so it would have been a pretty interesting and unique uh, look to, for this, uh, this uh, character. Uh, Michael Jordan didn't want to do another one, so they started looking for other sports people to be in it. Um, so there was a bunch of different iterations. One of them was Spy Jam, starring uh, Jackie Chan. Then there was Jeff Gordon's Race Jam. And then there was a talks of doing one with Tiger Woods, which didn't have a fun name. But do you have any ideas for what a fun name for a Space Jam style Tiger Woods movie would be? Golf Jam, uh, Masters Jam. I don't know. What's what's a, what's a golf thing? Sex Addiction Jam. T Jam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, <laughs> then there was a one uh, with Tony Hawk called Skate Jam that was That's... actually really close to being to happening. Uh, but it was canceled because Looney Tunes in, back in action flopped. Uh, so they thought the Looney Tunes IP wasn't as profitable anymore, so they decided not to pursue this anymore. Um, originally for this movie, for Space Jam and New Legacy with LeBron James, Justin Lin was slated to direct, who you may recognize as being the mastermind behind Fast and Furious. Oh, wow. Uh, as well as a bunch of other movies like uh, Star Trek Beyond, which was actually really good. So I like Justin Lin. I think he's a great director. 
Um, and he was uh, he was uh, on board to direct this. Kobe Bryant said that he would be willing to direct, but not be a cameo in the movie. Um, <laughs> he wanted to direct the movie. Uh, Ryan Coogler, who directed um, Black Panther, uh, and Ivan Reitman, who is also a big uh, name in Hollywood. He did Ghostbusters. He's responsible for uh, the writing, writing Ghostbusters were producers for this movie. So they actually had some really big names behind the production of this movie. Um, but despite all of this, there were production problems even after it started. The original director and cinematographer were both replaced a month into production. And the movie actually has 14 different writing credits, which probably isn't that unusual for a movie like this. That's like, uh, but it's very much, this was not somebody's grand idea. You know, at, right. at the very beginning, maybe for the first one, someone's like, this is a great idea. We're going to do this. This is very much a studio movie. You know, it, it has all the hallmarks of that. Um, and there's not a lot of like, um, you know, interesting ideas that some that that somebody's really pursuing. It wasn't an artistic movie. It wasn't somebody's idea, dream to, you know, be able to direct something or have the creative control over something like this, like Ryan Coogler does in Black Panther. Like, I think it's a great example of how Marvel, you know, leases out its uh, properties to interesting people to make their big movies, and they have each have a unique voice and unique style because of that. This movie doesn't have that. You know, it's it's very much movie by committee. Very much a studio heavy, heavily influenced movie, um, which you know you can see in some cases. I feel like that works out. In this case, you know, m- <laughs> draw your own conclusions. I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is really interesting, though. Uh, I kind of wish that Skate Jam had happened. That actually sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, I like all the names of these movies. I w- I want to see something else. Um, I I wish I'd come up with some other. Good ones. Oh, I'm any... surprised. I'm actually really surprised to hear that Looney Tunes back in action was a flop because that was a very that one was big in our household when I was a kid. And maybe it didn't flop. Maybe that maybe that te- maybe it didn't technically flop, but it did enough make enough money to warrant a sequel. Was that Brendan Fraser? I believe so. I think it was. And uh, yeah, I love Brendan Fraser. So I remember I saw that movie. I remember seeing that movie. I remember when the, the thing that sticks out to me is when they uh, they're in the desert. And they uh, see a mirage for like a Walmart or something. And it turns out to be real. And they go in there and buy stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. So, um, okay. I think that's all of our Easter eggs, right? That's all of our Easter eggs. Okay. Let's move on to our quotable moments. And I've got the first one. Listen, you're the best basketball player I ever coached. You could be a once in a generation talent if you focus on the game of basketball and not these distractions. You can't be great without putting in work, right? You got the chance to use basketball to change everything for your mom, for you, for everybody who you care about. So Wood Harris is playing coach. Coach! And he, <laughs> he shows us that the, the, the true key to becoming great is to quit playing video games. Stop playing video games. Get off the games. Yeah. And go do the work to be great. Hard work, no video games. That's like, you know, people have that tattooed on them. Like, that's a well-known phrase. <laughs> Which I thought was really interesting. Uh, and, and did kind of, you know, it was on the theme, I guess, for this movie, or at least yeah, uh, yeah. relevant to the ideas. Let me play my quote, my quote and then let's, uh, let's talk about that a little bit. This is this is so this is uh, uh after they uh introduce the game and they have they bring in the announcers and everything um for the actual basketball game. Uh, one of the announcers says this. Style points? We playing video game rules. <laughs> Style points, power ups. See kids playing video games do pay off. 
first of all, let's just like let's just cover this part first because I don't actually know what's what's going on here. Like to have the take that video games bad, like video games are a waste of time in 2021, is probably like the most dated reference this movie makes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and it has Looney Tunes in it. Like <laughs> it's um, <laughs> like uh, I feel like we've moved past this discussion of like video games are a waste of time and not a valid art form you know and i don't even think that this movie even believes that that take you know but that's oh, yeah. kind no of way. that's kind of what it's hinting at here right first in this first part where he's like you got to focus on basketball and not be on distractions maybe you can say like okay video games are a representation of you know, taking it the easy way or something. Like, video games are uh, a representation of the distractions of youth and you should focus more on what really matters and like focusing on one thing and doing that really well will get you really far, you know? Uh, maybe that's something like that, you know? But then there's this quote where he's like, video games do pay off. It's like, okay, it's like, it's like a tongue-in-cheek joke, right? He's like, oh, video games normally, in, reg in real life, video games don't matter. But in this fantasy world that we've created, video games do matter, right? Right. You'll, you'll, you'll realize that video games do matter when you're trapped in the serververse and need to sc uh, score style points to win a basketball game. Exactly. Uh, uh, so, um... <laughs> no, I, I think this just goes along with how you know, clunky and ham-fisted this whole movie is to have this idea that like being anti-video games and pro-work is supposed to resonate. Uh, right. And it totally, I don't know. I think anybody who <laughs> has lived long enough to <laughs> remember when people were saying that unironically, uh, it's easy to roll your eyes at. Yeah. But then at the end, like he, it turns out video games are good because, because uh, LeBron sends his kid to Video game uh, college, uh, video game high school. So I don't know what they, <laughs> I don't know what, um, what they're trying to say here. I, I just don't, I don't know what the point of it is. I guess it's just a dumb joke and I should stop thinking about it. Right. That's the problem. We've been thinking about this movie for too long. <laughs> uh, and let's think about it a little bit more with this next quote. I've searched far and wide for the perfect partner for this launch. And I finally found him. LeBron James. Ah, Pete, he's a family man, an entrepreneur, a social media superstar with millions of fans worldwide. Algorithmically speaking, he's more than an athlete. He's a king. <laughs> okay. okay, okay, wait, first of all, first imagine of all. having to search far and wide to find LeBron James. <laughs> like, imagine he's acting like he had to deal through all this work to find one of the most famous and influential figures on the entire planet. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I want to talk about Pete. Like, okay, Pete's like this little, yeah, you said like this little cute guy that like, you know, floats around and everything. Is he supposed, to, is his name a joke or some sort? Is he supposed to be like a uh, part of a computer? You know, like algae is like supposed to be the algorithm, algae right, rhythm, right? right? There's, a, there's a pun there. What's Pete? Is he just a name? He's just named Pete. I have no idea. I don't it know. seems so. I was like, wait, did, is his name Pete? I, I is this floating guy? Are they talking about some other person who would have a normal <laughs> name like Pete? Who named this guy? Yeah, it just seemed like he was added, very like shoehorned in because they needed to sell toys. Yeah, that's what it felt like to me. Yeah. They weren't going to be creative about it. They're like, listen, kids aren't even going to remember him in the movie. They're just going to buy it because it says Space Jam: A New Legacy on the tag. 
And uh, his name is Pete. And his name is Pete. My favorite character, Pete. I know that we've already covered this, but saying that algorithmically speaking, he's more than an athlete, he's a king, is peak not understanding the meaning of the word. (laughs) 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 Like imagine like putting LeBron James into an algorithm and you're like, I expect athlete to come out. And no, according to algorithms, he's a king. (laughs) Every algorithm that you input LeBron James into, he would come out more king than Athlete. Then whatever you, yeah, more <laughs> king than next recommended video. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, I got this next one too. Listen, guys, I'm a ball player. You know, an athlete's acting that never goes well. I'm sorry, guys. This is all just, it's just not me, and I can't afford to take time away from the game. You can't afford to take time away from the game. Well, he did to make this movie. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, that's the thing. It's like it's a, it's a self-referential joke. It's like, oh, you know, athletes and acting. You know, I, I've, you know, Space Jam is obviously the 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 original is obviously the one that comes to mind immediately uh, when you're thinking about this. But um, yeah, I, I don't really. I just think it's funny. I guess it's like, oh, you know, it's a self, you know, a little jab at himself or whatever. But like, it didn't stop them from thinking, hmm. Maybe we should make a different movie or have a different person in our lead role or anything else that would make this uh, uh, not this joke not valid, you know? Yeah, I think it's just a little bit too on the nose. Like you said earlier, right. they're describing this movie. And it, it would be one thing to make a joke about a- bad athlete actors in this movie. And it's another thing to literally, because this almost feels like he's trying to go for a cop out where he's basically looking at the camera and saying, listen, guys, I know I'm doing a bad job, but <laughs> because I'm pointing that out, I should get a pass. Right. And I don't know if I'm willing to give it to him. No, I don't think you get a pass just because you said you like, you point out that you did something wrong, you know, yeah. like the, the point of knowing you did something wrong is so that you don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but we wouldn't be really giving a lot of credit if LeBron was like, listen, guys, I didn't make Space Jam 2. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Um, uh, the last one I want to point out, and this is just a, this scene is hilarious. I j- I've called this um, uh, scene, uh, Don Cheeto wants to be your dad. Um, so let's, let's play. Got to say, though, I think it's really a shame that your dad doesn't support you. I mean, I get it. He's one of the greatest of all time at what he does. Well, the jury's still out on that, I think. But go ahead. And I build video games. Mm. I think he does He won't let me do me. He won't let me be me. I'd let you be you. <laughs> yeah so don cheeto's like hey your dad doesn't love you but i do the algorithm the algorithm loves you maybe this movie is deeper than we give it credit for <laughs> i love like prefacing that quote with uh, don cheeto wants to be your dad puts it in a totally new context for me uh, <laughs> I'll let you be you, <laughs> which is actually really funny because later on in the movie, um, Don Cheadle, our algae rhythm uh, says like, letting you be you is a mistake. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> oh my know. goodness. Okay. 
Well, that brings us to the end of our quotes. And as we do at the end of every episode of Affable Chat, we will deliver our ratings. So, Joey, what rating do you want to give to Space Jam A New Legacy? I give this movie, uh, I put this movie in development hell for 20 years. Nice. Till we get the next one, uh, which will be Space Jam A New Legacy, starring ah! Asia Wilson in the twilight of her Finally, career. Her, yes, her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like and then all the references be like i was in the last one you didn't see me <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, okay um i give this movie one subscription to hbo max because that's what they were trying to do the entire movie that's was true. advertise for hbo max so let's just go ahead one subscription for this movie so i'll that's take what one badly subscription wants. please yes so there you go. There you have it. Our, dis- our discussion on Space Jam, A New Legacy. Joey, what's next on Affable Chat? We are continuing our Die Hard series with the next iteration, the fourth Die Hard, Live Free or Die Hard. Yes, we're becoming real experts on this subject. and I'm excited to delve even deeper into the Die Hard universe so watch out for that coming next week you can subscribe to us on spotify or itunes or wherever you get your podcasts and if you like this podcast tell a friend about it Um, all you have to say is have you considered listening to affable chat you can reach us on twitter instagram and tiktok at affable chat or send us an email affable chat at gmail.com we also have a youtube channel where we post videos and uh, other things well, actually, that's not true. Just videos. <laughs> <laughs> you almost had me. Uh, Affable Chat is live on Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash Affable Chat. That's going to do it for this episode. For Affable Chat, I'm Benjamin. And I'm Joey. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.